0: What's going on team? Welcome back along to the channel for another week of Super Rugby action. That's right, it's the Super Rugby preview show where we are looking at round 6 of Super Rugby Aotearoa and round 3 of Super Rugby A. You now today's show is a bit special because we're kind of expanding in a way not only are you gonna be watching this here on Cornflakes channel you're gonna be that is my channel of course you're gonna be watching this on New Zealand Sports Radio as well so we are branching out and bringing the show to a whole new host of audience so for those of you watching on YouTube on my channel welcome along to the show and of course anyone tuning in on New Zealand Sports Radio welcome on to you guys as well make sure of course that you do leave your thoughts in the comments in the chats and everything you've got going on. Let us know what you think is going to happen this weekend in our four matches of Super Rugby. And of course, um, let us know who you think is going to win each and every game as well. So we've got a special guest coming on for tonight's show. And of course, you may know him, You've seen him here before on my channel as well. But it's a big welcome back to our big Aussie friend, Shane, from the big, great country of Australia. How are you going, sir? A
1: big day to you, Steve, and all the all the people <laughs> out there. I'm going really
0: well. We've got a big four games to look at uh, this week, Shane. But, I mean, before we do, we have to take a look. And give a little bit of credit for those of you that are tuning in on my channel. As always, we're going to have a look at Super Brew, like we always do. Because this is a rare season for me, Shane. Now, this is a really rare season for me because I'm top of the table. Top echelon number one. This is rare. And, I mean, I've even won this glorious thing once this season. The yellow cap has been on my head in 2020, which means groundbreaking new set of results. But this week, it was a great performance from Betting Stig, who's made a, a very and quick, eager and quick reminder on Twitter that he actually picked that up on Sunday evening this week as well. So he's very chuffed to get that. So well done, Betting Stig. You've done very well. Up seven spots into second. But I'm afraid to say you're still not number one that is still mine and it's uh, a big congrats as well to Toothpick who picked up a good round to sit in third position so there we go you guys have still got work to do to catch up with my mighty picks um, on the Super Brew so you can all get involved in that as well Uh, I've got one running myself and of course uh, New Zealand Sports Radio will have their own uh, pools running as well so you can go check them out on Super Brew feel free to join in the fun as well. Now Shane Super Rugby gone a while here in New Zealand with uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa. Of course, uh, AU has not long started up, just our third round. Your picks, predictions leading into the season or during the season, how have you gone so far? Have you been nailing them uh, this season or have you been a bit off the money?
1: Well, uh, I, I got one right last week and obviously we had the draw in, um, at Brookvale Oval with yep. the Reds and the Rebels. Um, so you could say that I got one and a half right. <laughs>
0: Oh, that was unprecedented, wasn't it? That draw of all things. They bring in these new rules for super time, all these new changes, and we still get a draw. No matter what happens, a draw seems to still always be a draw, uh, even in 2020. So this weekend, we have four big matches, of course, two from each league. It kicks off on Friday night when the Reds host the Western Force, then it's back here in New Zealand on the Saturday. The first match of Saturday evening is the Hurricanes versus the Blues. Bone Barrett returns home. Oh, that's going to be juicy. Then back over to Australia, the Waratahs are hosting the Brumbies. And then back here Sunday afternoon, nice afternoon rugby game up in Waikato, where the Chiefs will be hosting the Highlanders. Now, in Super Rugby Oh, this is round six now. So we're starting to get that second round of teams meeting again. Of course, this was round one. Um, back at the start of the competition when these sides first met. So a chance for revenge and redemption for some of these these four sides. But we will kick things off in Australia, Shane. Your Reds, they are in action. And what have you thought about them so far this season? Personally, I've been pretty impressed with how your boys have gone. I've tipped them to do pretty well. Have they done the full distance or not? It's your team. Let us know what your thoughts are.
1: I've been impressed. I think the attitude has really been it's always been there with Brad Thorne. It's just about getting the results and and while we didn't quite get the result at brookvale um last Friday night, you could see that they were desperate and they kept going for the ninety minutes and and they look a lot fitter than what they were a few years ago, so that's a positive James O'Connor's really stepped up since he's come back to Australian rugby um a lot of these Fords, you know, we would have loved to have had Isaac Ryder with us, but um, Liam Wright, at 22 years of age, um, has really stepped up to the captaincy. So I've, I've been really, really impressed, and I know I'm biased as, as a Red <laughs> supporter, but, but I just think that that is really positive signs for Australian rugby, young blokes getting out there and having a
0: go. Oh, for sure it's it's great that the young blokes are actually performing at a good level as well which is going to be great I think in the future of Australian rugby they need it more than anything else as well because there is a lot of holes and a, a lot of future spaces to fill in that Wallabies camp later on in the year, if we get to see them as well. So, their starting lineup, uh, we'll go through it as well just quickly. The front row, Hooper, playing emosa and Tupo. Second row, Scott Young and Salakai Loto. Right, McWrighton and Wilson are your back row. Tate McDermott, I think, has been fantastic. His combination really has come along nicely with James O'Connor, who wears the 10. In the centers, Hamish Stewart and Hunter Paisami. Good solid. I've really enjoyed uh, Hamish Stewart in the 12 jumper, which I didn't when I first saw these sides. I was like, oh. That's a disaster. He's been really good with the freedom to play. Uh, Filippo Dalgunu on the uh, left wing. Chris saw sortier comes into the side on the right. And John Campbell moves from the wing to fullback back for the Reds. Are you happy with that team? You think little changes uh, to that side, but surely they, they're they quite settled, aren't they?
1: Delighted. I think that's their best 15. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, again, I bring up a point with Isaac Rodder. If Isaac Roddell's there, he's probably our best lock, but um, he decided to to move on, and I think that's our best 15. Um, it's really solid. Hunter Pasami, I've been so impressed by him. He's just stepped up. Tate McDermott's gone to another level. Um, it's just amazing just to see what we can do when, when people give in genuine opportunity like they are.
0: Hundred percent. They are really stepping up. I think Brad Thorne's got a lot to uh, well, a lot of, take a lot of credit for the way this Reds team's performing, how he's just made his rules and has chucked out anyone who doesn't want to play his game. It's cutthroat, it seems a little bit rash maybe to some people, but I think that's the way they've got to do do it. They've got to step it up and, and it's I think reefing rewards for them so far. Moving on to their opponents. For this opening game, the Western Force, really impressive with the Western Force in the opening 40 minutes. Uh, their starting team for this week uh, will be Wagner, K2 uh, and Hooker. Kieran Longbottom will be the front row. Thrush, Lee Warner will be the second row. Stowers, Ferris, and Standard. That was some combination in the back row for the Force in their opening matchup as well. In prior, John O'Lance will be the halves combination in the midfield. Uh, Nick Just and Marcel Braki on the wings will be Brad Lacey and Byron Ralston, the first try scorer for the Western Force in Super Rugby. A.U. and Jack McGregor, I think, had a good debut as well for the Force at fullback. They surprised everyone, didn't they, in their game against the Waratahs?
1: They didn't surprise me. I knew they were going to always take it out for the Waratahs. Um, and traditionally, they have knocked over the Waratahs on several occasions, which I don't mind either. Um, but this side's well built. I would have thought that they would have started with someone like a Wallaby with Kyle Godwin um, at inside centre with his crafty sort of the way that he plays, because this this derby was. Built for him, and perhaps started with with Greg Holmes and a, a couple of others. That are, but John O'Lance is solid, is reliable at ten. Uh, Ian is very experienced. Jack McGregor, I've seen him in World Series or Global Rapid Rugby last year, and um, he has come a long way too. He's a very good fifteen. So there's a lot of really good positive signs for the Western Force out there. They're not there to make up the numbers. Hmm.
0: That's definitely 100% true. Yeah, I, I'm on your side for this one too. I spoke about it last week on the preview. We did um, multiples of them. How I really like the look of the spine of this Western Force side. When you look through it, they've got experience in every position. You yes, have got inexperience as well, but they pair up very, very nicely. And I think probably the area where they didn't look the most experienced was that back row. But my goodness me, Bernard Stander was just phenomenal at number 8. Man of the match... In a losing performance, you know, you've got to play really, really well to pick up the man-of-the-match award when your team doesn't win the game. That experience in the halves, I thought, uh, treated them really, really well. I think they are going to be a tough team to beat. I think where they fell down was they didn't have a plan B. The Waratahs came out of the sheds at time and they had that plan B. They knew they were getting beaten. Yes, they needed to go into the sheds for time to be told how to play that at second half, but they adapted and, like the Waratahs normally can't do, uh, they can't play to a plan. Uh, this time they did, which was a shame. But I think they really got under the pump because they were going to lose to the Western Force, who hadn't been playing Super Rugby for about three years or, or how many years it was, and they were under. They were they were going to lose to them, and they really got the pressure on them. And I think that, that was what sparked them to come back. But yeah, really impressive from the Western Force. Uh, great bench as well. Uh, you talk about Greg Holmes. He's on there. Kyle Godwin, another one. Uh, Andrew really, Chris Heiberg, all experienced sort of guys that can come on, especially in that pack in the front row. So it's going to be a nice forward battle between these two sides, but I'm excited to see what the Western Force can do yet again this weekend. How have you got this one going down? Your boys are at home, the Reds' hometown um, place for them this week. Are they going to pull off the victory?
1: Well, this, this is my favourite derby, Steve. Um, <laughs> and, and believe it or not, the Western Force have won the last three derbies between us. Well, I'm going for a Reds victory by three. I think it's going to be a great game, Um, you know, to the standard of a good Australian derby. But I'm going to, you know, I think people are really going to enjoy it. And I think people are really enjoying seeing the Western force back and certainly not there to make up the numbers. So, um, yeah, Reds by three for me.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm just looking at the history of these uh, these two teams playing against each other. Uh, twice they played in 2017. The Force, actually, the last meeting, the Force won 26 points to 40. Uh, not even a close victory. That is a bit of a thumping in 26-19, the game before that, when they were at home uh, earlier in that same year. So, really, uh, the Force have got a point to prove here. And, yeah, like you say, they've proven they can beat them, albeit three years ago, this is another big chance. I think they are definitely capable of beating any side on their day, but I'm agreeing with you on the result. I'm going the Reds as well. Reds by eight is my call, but I'm fully expecting the Western Force to give them a good run for their money, just like they did the Waratahs. But I think, honestly, the Reds are a bit better of a team completely than the Waratahs were, and I think that, that was kind of your fourth-place fourth, uh, fourth place side, the Waratahs, your Reds. I'm picking them to finish at least a third position uh, this season. Moving on, back here over to New Zealand, where it's going to be off to the Caketon, or Sky Stadium, as some people like to call it, where it is the Hurricanes, taking on the Blues, the ring match, that like we talked about, of round number one, where the Blues actually won, that encounter, 30 points to 20, that was at Eden Park, now the shoes on the other foot, Bone Barrett going back home, if you can call it home anymore, but this is where he's played, most of his career, is at Westpac, or Sky Stadium, this is going to be, a match that the Hurricanes, would just love to win, isn't it?
1: Yeah, uh- this is going to be a fascinating battle between the, um, the two North Island sides. Uh, and it's really going to come down to tactically astute um, who can, who can do that t- more for the 80 minutes. I mean, you could uh, put a few big Eastern gray kangaroos in and um, <laughs> and see how you could adjust, just those, those plays. Um, I'm sure they'd want to play too. Um, But you need your big tight fives. Um, This is the battle of who can dominate the tight fives and who can get the most um, of the advantage out to either Bowden or his brother Geordie on the opposite side. They're going to be the key men um, in this one, Steve. Cannot wait. The Blues have won the last two encounters um, and they've won it this year. So, they will have the bragging rights in terms of, um, of of games played this year and who's won more this year. But, um, you know, this is going to be a good game, a really good game to start Saturday night.
0: Yeah, what's all found really interesting about these teams that were named earlier this afternoon or on Thursday afternoon as we record this, is that the teams have undergone quite a significant amount of changes as well. I'll run you through them uh, just quickly for the Hurricanes. Ben May, Dane Coles and Tyrell Lomax sees Dane Coles return after missing that light injury last weekend. Second row over James Blackwell and Scott Scrafton. Red Princep, Dupacy, Karifi and Artie Savier are the back row. Piranara and then Garland Baship is back so that sees Fletcher Smith back out again so confused as to what's going on there with Garland Baship playing well getting dropped and now he's back again. I don't know what's going on there, Hurricanes. The midfield, again, I'm kind of perplexed about this one too because La stayed there, but they've gone and got rid of Vince Arso again, uh, not even on the bench, and they put Peter Umanga-Jensen back in there again, which I really thought this is a game when we go through the Blues team. That specific midfield area is an area I think the Hurricanes could have really dominated with those two hard-running midfielders. On the wings, Ben Lamb, uh, Corbis Van Eyck on the other side. And, of course, like you mentioned, Geordie Barrett at fullback. Up against him on the Blues, the other side, Alex Hodgman, Kirk Eklund. Now, that means James Parsons out for his concussion. There's some big changes in this Blues team, by the way. And off to of Tuanga Farsi, that's their front row. Uh, Patrick Tuipulotu and Josh Goodhue staying the same in the second row. But how about this back row? No hoskins Satutu. That is massive. So that means a newcomer, who most people haven't really heard of, he's had about three appearances for the Blues so far. Um, 26-year-old, so he's a bit older, but still hasn't played much at this level. Aaron Carroll is starting at six, with Dalton Papele'i at seven, and Akerioana moving from six to eight. Finley Christie starts again. What's happened to Sam Nock in this Blues team? He is completely out of favor to the fact that Jonathan Ruru was on the bench as a scrum half replacement. Otiti Black stays at 10. Harry Plummer is still at 12. I mean, it didn't work last week. Yeah. Why are they staying with this again? I'm a bit confused by Rico's at 13. Um, Mark Tilley is on the right wing. Bone Barrett at fullback. And Imoni Norawa is on the left wing with Caleb Clark taking our personal leave. Um, expected because of the death of his grandfather a couple of weeks ago, which, I mean, fair play to the kid. Um, he needs that time off as well. So, you know, I don't question those replacements, injuries, or for Caleb's sake as well, to take that time off 100%. But why they're still persevering with this Harry Plummer uh sort of uh, you know, like they're trying to fix something that's not broken here with Fiani off the bench. I'm not sure about this team, but I think the blues certainly look a little bit weaker from it.
1: Yeah I have my question marks about Harry Plummer at twelve. I uh, I question sometimes whether he's quite the standard for Super Rugby. He certainly could definitely be a useful to 10 player but mm-hmm. this this thing with the Blues about 10s 12s and 15s <laughs> it's and, and perhaps that consistency I think Atari's done alright I think oh, he's sure. actually learnt from, from having Bowden Barrett there and um, you know Bowden and obviously the Hurricanes are you know with their 10 situation don't they miss Bowden now mm-hmm. <laughs> but um Look, you know, and and certainly my thoughts are with Caleb Clark. He, he played very well um, a couple of weeks ago and did his grandfather proud. So I hope he's, he's okay. And obviously, you know, rightfully so, he's taking that time off which he needs. Um, look, the Blues just, they've, they've got to get out there. They've just got to compete and scrap. And Wellington... They'll bring their crowd in, and um, it won't be favourable to the Aucklanders, I can assure
0: you. I had a tough topic in this one. I I really did, because I looked at this before the teams were announced, um, writing the preview, and I thought, yep, Blues will have this. Um, It'll be a bit tighter, a bit closer, I think, than that first encounter, but, you know, you back the Blues, I think, they're the the form team by the Crusaders in this competition. And then I saw the teams, and I'm like, oh... Imagine Laomape and Arso running at a Harry Plummer. Rico Ioani will hold his own, but at Harry Plummer, okay, they say we'll, we'll switch them with the wingers. Okay, so you're going to switch them with Narawa, who's, who's a, a new guy coming into the team. You're going to switch them with Mark Talia, who's not a, a massive a kind of winger compared to a Laomape running at him. Uh, or what, you're going to bring Bowen and in from fullback to cover that, that uh, inside centre channel. Either way you look at it, you've still got that Otini Black channel as well, which is another um, smaller defender. So... I, I really look at that and go, Arso ah, and Laomape, that double-ten and midfield smashing combination could have wreaked havoc in this Blues team. Uh, so I think, personally, I think they missed a trick there, but hopefully we can see, or we will see a similar game style from Umanga Jensen, but whether we will have that same effect and experience out, and the, of that combination that the Laomape Aso has is the question mark I have about that two in midfield. But yeah, should be a good clash. I think that back row without Hoskins-Tutu, a little bit weakened, and now you've got an increasingly match fit Artie Savia as well, so it's going to be a big task to the likes of Akira Iwani too, to step up to the plate for this one. This is a big, big match for him to step up against what is, of course, the incumbent All Black number 8, isn't it, as well? So, big match. I would have loved to have seen Satutu versus Artie Savia, but sadly it won't be this weekend, uh, but hopefully we should see that match up one day between these two sides. I think it's going to be closer than I initially thought. What are your thoughts on the result of this one?
1: against my better judgment, because I do go (laughs) for the blues, I think the Hurricanes will get away with it by a point. Uh, But I think it's going to be a really, really good game of footy. I think that um, it it will come down, as I said before. I think whoever does a lot of work with the type five and and your number eight and, you know, obviously your fringe forwards getting the turnovers, is going to really set up the opportunity for one of the Barretts to take advantage. Um, And maybe I just see that home ground, um, the cake 10, big crowd at Wellington, um, cheering the Hurricanes on, um, maybe just in their advantage.
0: I'm excited now. I am. That's a big, big call. I mean, I, I can't disagree with you, but I am going to... I still think the Blues are going to get the job done, but I think this pick was based on pre-teams. And I've gone the Blues by eight, but I think now looking at the teams, I think the Hurricanes have got every chance of winning this, and it'll probably be by less than three, either which way you go. Uh, but as I've always done, I'll stick to my original pick. I won't change it, because that generally backfires. I'll stick with the Blues. Um, form, confidence, everything's on their side. A little bit of injury concern. But I think they should wrap this up still anyway. Again, big dependence on this is weather conditions because the Blues kicking game has come on in, in, in massive bounds over the last few weeks as well. So that's going to be key for them uh, moving into this matchup. But it sure will be a great start to your Saturday night. Following that, we go over to the Waratahs versus the Brumbies. Now, Shane, are we going to have a continuation of a good Saturday night here um, in Sydney?
1: <laughs> uh these games always bring entertainment <laughs> um, by Australian standards, of course. Um, so I think we are, and you know what? Do do as I do. Get the steaks out, get get this bread out, get the <laughs> barbecue sauce out, and and just celebrate with us as well. Um, this is the battle between the New South Wales Waratahs and. What the Brumbies were known as historically twenty five years ago was the New South Wales rejects, and haven't they um, shown shown up New South Wales when it comes to the stakes? Um, No pun intended. Um, But uh, (laughs) look, the yeah, I I think we're going to see some attacking rugby in this one. Um, So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Enjoy the night of rugby.
0: It's, I think, got a few aspects of this matchup I'm looking forward to seeing. So we'll run through the lineups quickly for this one. Uh, on the Waratahs side, Robinson, Horton, and Johnson Holmes. Really, Harry Johnson Holmes and Angus Bell, although he's on the bench, Angus Bell, tonight. But I think they've got two really promising young props in that Waratahs side. Uh, Ned Hannigan and Rob Simmons will be second row. Uh, Lachlan Swinton, Michael Hooper, Jack Dempsey in the back row. Mid Short and that man, Will Harrison, will get to him more in just a second. Into the midfield, Carmichael Hunt, he's back, and I think he was really impactful off the bench last week as well, so it's great for the Waratahs, he's back, he added something special. He partners up with Joey Walton, who's a 13. On the wings, Alex Newsom moves out of midfield, onto the wing, uh, James Ram stays on the right-hand side, and Jack Maddox will be at fullback. For the Brumbies, oh, it's something special to in that front row, James Slipper-Flow, Faenga, Alan Elatoa. Uh, Darcy Swain and Murray Douglas in the second row. Rob Valentini, Tom Cusack, and Pete Samu in uh, the back row. Joe Powell and Noah Lolicio. That is the matchup I want to see. Lolicio versus Harrison. That is the future of Australian tens, I think, um, in a nutshell, right there. Midfield for the Brumbies is uh, Simone and Kirandrani as I lose my spot. Tom Wright in the left wing. Andy Muirhead on the right, and Tom Banks at fullback. back. Oh, or number 10, it's the show to watch, isn't it, this weekend?
1: Well, I, I like Noah. I really do. I think I've been really impressed from when he made his debut um, to to what he's been doing lately. I think he's really stepped up into that role, taken over from Christian Leliafano, who was considered the Brumby spiritual leader, and rightfully so. <laughs> um, this bloke will be in the future, um, and I think he has a very strong future in that 10 jumper. Um, and... I won't mind admitting I, I'd love to see him a wallaby one day wearing that 10 um, carving up for the wallabies, you know, um, is, is against young Will Harrison, who was okay last week. Um, I still have question marks whether he's up to super rugby standards. Um, but, um, you know, he can only improve from there and he's getting as well. So, You're right, um, Stephen, there's just the aspect between these two tans is quite exciting to see.
0: Yep, I agree with you there. I've been been nothing short of impressed by Will Harrison. I think he's been a bit of a slow starter in his career. I I think Lucio has been probably a bit more prominent straight away. But, um, yeah, Will Harrison definitely is a guy... I, I enjoying watching. His running game is quite good. And I think it's especially important as well for Australian rugby because you look at the other teams that have got James O'Connor, not really a 10. Matt Tamua, not really a 10. And, I mean, the future of John O'Lance, I mean, if you're looking at international duties, yeah. is he going to be around? Is he going to be moving yeah. on? Um... So, you know, where's he going to be is the question. But these two guys, uh, Lolosio and Harrison, I think are the future of the Wallaby number 10 jumper if they get, well, they are. They're going to get all this game time and they're only going to improve as time goes on. Um, big, big game, not only for these two teams this weekend, but for the competition as well, because the Brumbies, obviously, early front runners, had the bye last week. But if this could be an upset for the Waratahs, really put this table upside down. But the Brumbies, surely, even on the road, go into this one as the favourites. And for me, I'm going to have them picking up the victory. Are you going for an away win on this one as well?
1: Yeah, I'm going for the Brumbies by seven. I think there'll be a lot of entertainment. I think there'll be a lot more running rugby, um, particularly when broken play comes into effect in the second half. Uh, Look at what Joe Powell has been doing in that nine position. Um, A few years ago, he was um, a young bloke learning the trade. Became a wallaby pretty early, um, in 2017. Um, then he started to run the ball more. He started to to become really dynamic in that role. Um, look at look at the way Tom Banks has come up as a fullback. Um, we're seeing a lot of you know players starting to really develop and become more comfortable, and it's a good thing that. This derby is a very traditional Australian derby by, by our standards, so um, it's one to really look forward to. And as I said, keep your barbecue and your grills warm, and <laughs> make sure you you know ring the pizza shop. Whatever you got to do, just um, sit back, relax, and enjoy this one.
0: Very much so. It should be a good one. I'm agreeing if I'm going to the Brumbies uh, by 11 points to pick up this victory. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a good night. It's going to be a, a good game for running rugby as well, because I'd like to see what these guys can do. I've, I've been impressed by Jack Maddox, at fullback. I thought he's been a standout for the Waratahs as well, uh, but there's a lot of improvement that can go around the rest of them as well, um, especially those young guys as well. So against a team that likes to play in the forwards like the Brumbies are, and they've expanded now to being a bit more backline friendly, I want to see more of that, and I want to see the Waratahs, see if they can back up that second half, where they actually knuckled down and played some good rugby for once. Can they do that for another 80 minutes, and really take their game up to a top standard? That's going to be the question for me. Can't see it happening, the Brumbies will get the job done for my pick. Right, last game of the weekend, where the boys are in action, the Mighty Highlanders, they're on the road, and they're up against the winless Chiefs. Oh, I think... There's been a lot of of media build-up in this one for the Highlanders. A lot of changes, a lot of injuries, a lot of comeback from injuries as well. But we'll get to them in just a second, um, because we don't actually have the line-ups for this game. So there's a lot going on. But the Chiefs, can they pick up win number one against the team that they almost got it in round one against? Well,
1: something's about the Chiefs, Steve. You know, I mean, they're not as nimble as my cat. um, You know, and she certainly is very nimble when, when they want something and desire something, uh, they usually get it. Um, <laughs> the chiefs haven't, haven't got that yet. Um, it's not to say that they haven't played some okay rugby. It's just that they are frustrating their supporters. And, you know, from all the tweets I, I read on the weekend, they are frustrating mm-hmm. their supporters. Um, when it, when it comes to the Chiefs, it comes to depth, and they don't quite have that depth compared to a lot of New Zealand sides. So it's going to be a very, very testing um, time. These two sides have been so and, – and I know you love your Highlander, Steve, and, <laughs> and, mate, I love the South Island from my travels there too. Um, they play this scrappy sort of rugby Lately, the Highlanders, that's really, you know, you almost think you're watching the Wallabies in some, some <laughs> regards. But, but, you know, but they have so much potential there too. So mm-hmm. this is going to be very interesting. Um, this is really going to be very interesting um, to see. Uh, and you're right, Stephen, the hype in the media hype over this game, well and truly they have a right to. Um this is, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game, but I just can't, it, can't pick it.
0: It's a battle for the wooden spoon, isn't it? Effectively, yeah. uh, if the Chiefs pick up this win, whew, uh, they won't meet again. And it's going to come up to someone upsetting the Hurricanes, the Blues, the Crusaders in the following rounds. To try and get themselves out of that little log jam at the bottom um, which is going to be a tough ass for for either of these two sides uh, we know the chiefs aren't going to bully a team in their pack are they like I said they're absolutely hammered they don't have the depth there so i think that's somewhere that they're going to struggle uh to put down a marker in this game and if the highlanders i agree with exactly what you said they hit the nail on the head with that they've really fallen off i think in the last two weeks probably confidence took a bit of a hit with that close loss to the Blues and then pushing the Crusaders so deep and then getting smashed by 20 points when they were within six with what less than 10 minutes to play that would have really hurt big time that would have hurt and then it all completely fell out of the cot when they uh, come against the Canes last weekend so they've got to find their head again because they're in a good space they're playing well they need to find that sort of momentum they need to get that good performances back out of those same players again who were looking so good but there's a lot of news about the Highlanders this week. Um, of course, Dylan Hunt took that eye injury in, in the game last weekend. He's been cleared okay to play, which is huge, because Mr. Defence, that's what he's all about. And it falls apart without him there at number 7, so he is a vital, vital part of that pack. Also, Josh Uwani is said to be fit and ready to return, which is probably the best headache that Aaron Major and his cohorts could probably think of having, because now they've got an informed Mitch Hunt... They've got, of course, the incumbent man and number 10 jumper, Josh Uani, who's fit to play. They put Mitch Hunt expectantly back to fullback, like was the original plan. Get rid of Michael Collins, who's been a bit average. Put Hunt back there. Have that combination. Put Uani back in at 10. And then you've got quite that almost feel of the, of the first strength team with the Highlanders uh, coming back together in that as well. And... The injury, the sad news is the injury to Kane Hammington. I'm not that sad about it because it means Flau Fakatawa can come into this team on the bench. He was a man we've been probably hammering on about in the last couple of weeks about how we want to see him come on and actually add something to this Hollanders team rather than Hammington who comes on and just seems to meander the team along but doesn't really add much spark into the team. So Fakatava will come in, um, I'd expect to the bench with that injury to Hammington and also Josh Mackay, there's whispers of Josh Mackay coming into the team, possibly starting on the wing. The former Crusader, you remember him from his heydays there, could make a massive, massive difference to this Highlanders. All those changes give you a bit of positivity about this team, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and that's what they need. Um, they need some some players out there that are going to make a, a real difference, particularly in games like this, that's um, going to be a bit is you know, this. You know they do play very similar type of game styles here. Um, the only probably difference is the Chiefs do their, their zigzag angle line running um, through the middle, which gives them that quickness for for. And it would have, yeah, it would have probably been good to good to see the two lineups. Um, mm. So we had an accurate idea of perhaps tactically what maybe the Chiefs were going to do and the Highlanders were going to do. But certainly in terms of the Highlanders getting a few useful players that might be able to make a difference will certainly be beneficial for them
0: you're right at what you say too, because a week off for the Chiefs last week means that they could have a number of players who are getting near their injury return as well with that bye week last weekend. Uh, so sadly, we don't have the teams because they don't name the team for the Sunday game until late Friday afternoon, about two hours before, or probably three or four hours before the Australian match starts on a Friday evening, um, which leaves it far too late uh, to get these videos done and through. So we always have to miss out this last uh, Sunday game for team lineups, but um, hopefully maybe by you know, late Friday when you'll be tuning into this, there will be the teams up. You can actually have a bit of a, a glance as to how they will actually line up. But I expect big changes for this Highlanders team for the positive. Just get mm. out of that sort of slump they seem to be sitting in because this is a must win. And this is a must win for both teams as well. Who comes out of this? If it is the Highlanders, they should be clear and clean to at least finish in fourth. If the Chiefs pull this off, this is really going to put a, an absolute spanner in the Highlanders season. And that confidence is going to take another massive, massive hit. But remember, it was a drop-goal, drop-goal finish in round one where the Highlanders pipped it by that single solitary point. If we have a replay of that, man, it's going to be just something absolutely outstanding. Who's going to pip this one for you? We know it's going to be close. Are the Chiefs going to do it or are the Highlanders going to get one on the road?
1: Uh, Steve, I'll go with you. (laughs) And I'll go with the Highlanders. I'll go with the Highlanders by three.
0: Oh, I've gone very similar. I've gone to Highlanders as well. You can't knock back the boys to get the job done. But just the two points, though. I think it's going to be... Oh, you can't go bigger than that. You just, It's just going to be one of those games. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tense. And someone's going to do something special to win the game. Will it be Gatland against Gatland? Uh, unlikely if Josh is going to be fit again. But there's always that magic in the game to have that amazing little finish at the end of the matchup. So there we go. That's our four games of Super Agni I and Super Agni AU this weekend and we've gone pretty similar for all our picks so far, let us know what you think, and of course the comment section in the chat as well, if you're watching on New Zealand Sports Radio, or of course on YouTube, uh, on my channel, so go let us know what you guys think is going to happen, get involved in the Subaru, put your picks where your money is, and uh, really put yourself on that table, and see if you're a good picker as all of us as well, but of course, a big thanks Shane for coming on, and having your thoughts on the preview this week, Um, great to have you on the channel yet again, and of course I'll be back in next week for more here on YouTube, and of course, On Facebook and all your other podcasting things and uh, other apps and all sorts of places where you can find New Zealand Sports Radio as well. So go check that out. I'll see you all next week. Big thanks to our guest Shane once again and thanks for coming by. Take care.
1: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.